Jumper blocked. Nice job defensively by Eli. Up court to Jaden. Gibson fires across court back to Eli. Goes up strong for two, and he got the layup to go. Well done on both ends of the court by Eli. Welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to podcast number eight. We're happy to be back for another week. We got a special guest on this week, Coach Brandon Sharp, now officially the new head coach for the boys' basketball team. We're also going to talk about what happened this past week in sports, what's coming up in this weekend of sports between baseball and softball, and we'll talk about our experience broadcasting our first baseball game of the season. You're watching the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast, sponsored by PolyEyes. Hey there, I'm Joey Polyeye, third generation owner of Polyeyes and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pags Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Once again, thank you to Polly Eyes for sponsoring the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast. So, Dad, we're on number eight. We had a really good week of sports. We had a really good sit-down with Coach Sharp that you guys are going to listen to here in a few moments. Um, it's a busy week, busy week of stuff. You had a birthday on June 8th, so happy belated birthday. A solid, what, 48 years old? 48 years old, 48 years old. That's <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> We're definitely having a lot of fun doing these podcasts and live streaming. And <clears throat> what about baseball broadcasting? Man, that was fun. So two, no, what night did we go? Thursday night? Friday night. Friday night. Friday night we went out to uh, broadcast a baseball game. Benton Community went to Grinnell. Uh, we got to do that for the first time ever. Obviously, we've done football and basketball, so we are jumping into a whole another part of something we've never done before. Obviously, we've watched baseball on TV. We know what baseball is, and we know pretty much quite a bit about the sport, but we're probably not as good of broadcasters as you've ever seen. Um, but we had a great night. Uh, Grinnell won 4 to nothing against the Bobcats. It was a really good game. Uh, Jake Hulsh had the shutout, which was pretty cool. Um, we had uh, uh, Damian Imhoff come up and talk with us in the booth about the Little League night that was going on. Um, Overall, it was a fun night. Obviously, we had a you know we had a few scoreboard issues, a few internet issues, but nothing that can't not be fixed. And I really think we easily should be straightened out. And I'm really excited. We'll be back Tuesday night against Sheridan. So I'm, yeah. I'm really excited. It was a blast. You know, like I said, the the small things of having internet issues. We're still trying to figure out our reception out there. But I think once we got everything pointed in the right direction. I have to say thank you to Chris Kaufman for his efforts in working with that, working with Sean Elin, with the maintenance department. Those are, are big things that make this thing work. And with that being said, we even made some changes that as we go forward for next week's or, or next next week's tomorrow night's yeah. games, Tuesday's night's games that we we have a different type of scoreboard, same look that you see. But this time it doesn't need to be fed by the internet, so it's we'll be able stay to stay like the football field. Yeah, it, it'll stay everything on on course that we're, we'll record it as we go, and I think it'll be a good playback. So one thing I, I forgot to do in the, in the heat of the battle is setting up. I forgot to hit the record button for uh, the game on Friday night, but I I have everything set up correctly. We've done all kinds of mic checks. 
you know, for those who are listening out there, coaches of, of future sports, if you're at the ball diamond with uh, Di- Damian Imhoff that came up, that was a great interview. Our our press box is always open. If you want to come up, tap me on the side that we could get you in with the interview. Be a little bit of a time filler. Uh, the the guys out on the baseball diamond every time we switch them back and forth between innings are are just switching at the midway. There, there's always time to fill. So if hopefully if you're a coach, don't be afraid to come on up and say hi. Or you know in, in the school program or or just you know alumni, stop up and we'd love to visit with you. That's kind of a, a nice evening as we went out and the weather. Oh my goodness! It was a really nice night. You couldn't ask for much better weather to to sit through a ball game. Uh, nice breeze coming through there. I also want to send a, a shout-out to Dave Schaefer. I know he listens to these, but Schaefer was a, a guy that I worked with when I was at Jeldwin, and he does all the local announcing for right at the field. Dave was real instrumental of if we had a question, he would cover his mic and give us the answer yeah. of what's going on. And, and also out to uh, Jaden Gibson's dad, Jamie Gibson, uh, good friends with Jamie over the years too, and, and those two – uh, just give us a lot of feedback back and forth. And then as we step down out of the press box, Jake Cole's dad, Chad, and Melissa are great supporters of, of the baseball program and the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. They're they're good uh, to give a voice to let people know that we're doing things. So, you know, thank you to all those people that give us that support in and out of the, the press box while we're doing stuff like that. But Oh no! It, it was a great evening, and, and I look forward to the rest of the summer. Right, and the the broadcast will just keep getting better. I mean, yep. we'll, we'll always keep working on things and uh, get look forward to what's to come. All right. Well, let let's step back a little bit to the the games leading up to Friday night's game. Obviously, we'll, we'll first we'll make it easy instead of jumping back and forth between the softball and baseball. We'll just start out with uh, Monday evening's game. So after we did the podcast last week, we talked about the the great start that the Grinnell Tigers have jumped off to. Uh, Fortunately, they had the first little Hawkeye Conference game of the season, traveled over to Dallas Center Grimes. Uh, Tough starting. You know, both uh, pitchers were in a duel to the the end, and uh, they were strong coming out on the mound. Jake Hole started the ball game for the Tigers, recorded 13 outs. Uh, even though with that recording of a good pitching performance, uh, they were outhitted by Dallas Center Grimes. And I think, you know, when we talked to Tony after the game on Friday night, you know, you asked a good question. You have a tough loss like that when you've been so good. How do you recover for that, from that? And his words are pretty much spot on. You know, you recover as a team. You come back out and say, We've had mistakes. We could play better, and we move forward to make those changes. And even Jake, when in his interview after the game, he told us that as a player, you know, he was the winning pitcher Friday night, but as a player, he goes, I did this, or I did this, and I knew that we were going to make this better. So I, I think the all turnaround was that, that that loss, just like the last loss of the season for them, it sits hard when they know that they want to be a good team moving forward. Uh, also looking at the performance of that game, Gibson or Colin Gibson, Brock Beck, uh, Blake Hallball, and Jaden Gibson each collected a hit for the Tigers. And uh, a good thing out of the night is, even though they had the loss, they didn't commit one single error. Right. So that that if you're going to have a goose egg on their scoreboard, that's a good goose egg to have. And you know, as the game went on uh, Friday night, that was also a contributing factor what played in there. 
from there on the 5th they uh, were supposed to travel to Newton for a doubleheader. Uh, the boys and, and girls softball team were supposed to travel over there. There was rain in, earlier in the day. It dried out. The good thing was that the Grinnell got to make it a home game. Right. That so, was that was a fun game. The so first you, game. You went over to that yeah, one. Yeah. So the the first game, uh, it was a shutout. Right. Eight eight nothing shutout. Eight nothing. So really good game overall by the Tigers. Second game wasn't a shutout. It was actually really close. Um, Newton ended up putting up, uh, I believe it was a six or six to five lead. They they had a one score lead uh, going into the bottom of the seventh. Um, Newton brought in a relief pitcher, and he just really struggled. Uh, kept walking, 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 and finally uh, the game was tied. And Nick Williams was up to bat, and the bases were loaded. And all Nick had to do was just make sure he didn't, you know, completely whiff it. And uh, Nick got walked, and that brought home the man on third, I believe. Uh, I, I can't exactly remember who it was. Maybe Blake Hall, but I'm not sure. Uh, but he came home, and Grinnell ended up winning. And uh, good win. I, Newton's Newton's a tough team, and beating any little Hawkeye Conference opponent is huge. Um, and it's like when I talked to some of the players and I talked to Stenberg, he's like, it was an ugly win. It was an ugly win, and that's what he said in our interview after Benton. Um, but ugly wins are wins, and they still won, and it was still a hard-fought game considering the circumstances. Yep. So it was a, a good play out, and again, <clears throat> you know, you're not, you always like to say that you're happy about how things played out, but in, in the games of of winning and losing, that's what you go for. Is it's a record as a win, and there's obviously, uh, again, they they talked about things that they got to change because the tougher competition as you go on. You have to be better than what you were at that point. And uh, I think, obviously, that come into Friday night's game against Benton Community. Uh, not only was it our first night to live stream broadcast, uh, we had uh, multiple Little League players running all over the place. Uh, when we sit down and visited with Damian Ihoff, he said, was it 260? 262 kids. 262 kids looking up to their uh, heroes in the high school. And then for the opening pitch, uh, Eli Dunn comes. And, you know, so for those who are in the high school level, they're looking at uh, a top performer that they watched when they were young. I don't know how many of the younger kids actually philosophically knew who he was, but the kids that were playing, they looked out there and saw that was a top athlete for the, the Tiger baseball team. And then it was just a phenomenal game to watch. You know, it, there's one thing about saying that you play an opponent that you know, but there was so much family interest yeah. in this game because Tony Stenberg, the head coach, Jake Stenberg, the assistant coach, they both grew up in Benton Community. And they both have some pretty incredible stats that they when they played right. there. And, you know, those emotions... When we talked to Tony afterwards, we didn't even bring it up. And he didn't, I mean, it. but I think it was heartfelt that, you know, you were just as good and you beat your alma mater. Right. You know, and that that was uh, kind of the icing on the top of the cake is to say that, that he beat his hometown team. And, you know, there, again, there was family there. There was a lot of relationships between the players uh, playing with each other. Um, both the Gibson boys, they, they had someone that they played uh league baseball with so that was kind of a, a competitive thing that you're playing at somebody but afterwards you all come out to the field 
and they shake hands and they take pictures with and families of opposite sides they're talking to each other so it was a, a pretty good ending to the night and you know we were excited to the fact that we could say we're going to do our first yeah. live interview yeah, that was cool. with a coach and a player right it right up in the press box so it was a, a cherry night if you wanted to put a Say it was a Sunday, and what, what you put a cherry on the top to make it the perfect Sunday. Good night. That yeah. was a good night. So everything was all good there. Um, moving back over to, let's jump back over to the girls' side. That night, Dallas Center Grimes on June 3rd when they traveled over there. Uh, the girls kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, Dallas Center Grimes was a good ball team. There was no doubt about it. Uh, Tigers struggled putting up runs on the board. Uh, had a tough time defensively. Uh, when it come down to uh, errors, hold on a second, let me bring this up. Grinnell had four errors on the evening, and Dallas Intergrime had none. Uh, Hits-wise, Grinnell only put two hits out on the field uh, with uh, Dallas Intergrime's nine, and they scored eight of those runs. So when it comes down to offensive performance off of that, uh, it, it turned out to be you know, pretty good. Pitcher for the night was uh, Meredith McKnight. So she faced 29 batters. Of the 29 batters, she threw 55 strikes. So she she had a a decent game, but you know it just wasn't enough to make it through the other. Uh, they also traveled to uh, Newton. Newton on Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, night. Wednesday night. So that was the the away game, the opposite of the boys. They should have played each double headers at Newton. Uh, they ended up playing just there by the cells. The first game, uh, Grinnell dropped two to three. Uh, again, the uh, performance was a little bit better. Uh, Hannah Barons was the, the pitcher, took the loss for the Grinnell. Um, she lasted four innings, allowing three hits and two runs uh, throughout the ball game. And, you know, again, it goes down to what your box score shows out. Uh, Fortunately for Grinnell, they played a little bit better game. They only had one error. Hits-wise, they had five hits, drove two in. Um, Newton had six hits and got three in, and actually Newton had three errors on that game. So it, it was coming down to just a performance of, of watching and, and maturing as a young team. Uh, I think the leadership of Mike Doty and uh, York Plaguey, you know, is maturing this team. Megan Doty is definitely doing a good job as a leader out there, and as they move forward, I think they're going to continue to be a better, better team as they go. And that kind of falls right into the second game of the evening that, you know, Gurnell, you get beat up a little bit and you turn around and you come right back on the field and you beat up on that same team. Now, granted, there's a little dynamics to switch pitcher-wise and and sometimes they move people around, but they come right back on and and 16 runs in. You know, that's that's incredible, you know. And so with that... Uh, everything, anytime you have that many runs in that the errors for the other team obviously have to add up. And uh, Newton had eight errors, you know, and so that that's pretty huge. And, and here's the other thing that's really crazy is if someone's to tell you you only had seven hits but you had 16 runs, the Newton was struggling on the pitching side yeah, a little bit. Were. So when, when you start to move – when you're moving players on the opposite team when they're not even hitting the ball, that means that we have the patience of, of the uh, people batting, taking the time to watch. And we had the opportunity Thursday night 
to go over and watch the girls play against North yeah, Nahaska, and that's next team we played into. And being right there outside and listening to Coach Doty, you know, talk the patience into the players. Talk the patience into, okay, this one's chest level. This one's here. Can You you need to start thinking about how is that, that gal going to be pitching to you. And I think now the girls are really starting to understand it and have a, a coaching perspective of I'm just not going up there and it's the batter and it's the pitcher. I have a coach that's seeing and telling me what's going on that I can actually play this ball game smart. Yeah, and uh, what a fun game it was Thursday night. North Mahaska came to town, the Warhawks. Uh, Grinnell obviously coming off that win against Newton and or the one of two wins in the doubleheader. Uh, Grinnell got out early, 2 uh, two nothing, and it looked like Grinnell would stay there. Hannah uh, pitched a great game. Um, it came down to the end. North Mahaska ended up putting up two runs, so it was tied going into the bottom of the seventh. And Grinnell did what they had to do. Hannah went up again, and uh, she, uh, Kiana Kais was on third base, and Hannah launched one out to the uh, center field, and it just dropped, and it was a walk-off, walk-off base hit, and Grinnell won the game. So definitely Hannah Sophia Barons wins uh, player of the game for sure on that one. Um, so overall, really, really good week in both baseball and softball. And also for baseball, uh, I got the, the graphics were made last night. They're on Twitter. Um, Jake Hole won hitter of the week, and Jaden Gibson won pitcher of the week. Jaden Gibson's absolutely unreal. 15 strikeouts and a 2-0 and record. I mean, man, he's not giving up much hits, and it's so fun to go watch him if he can. Uh, Western Illinois is definitely going to get a really nice prospect. Up yeah, and, and as we said, the uh, uh, winning pitcher Friday night with Jake Hole, we had him up in the booth, visited with him. He had a, a pretty incredible game, too. Uh, not to leave out in the North Mahaska game, uh, Hannah Barons was uh, the starting pitcher. She did really well, uh, retired out, and Meredith McKnight came in and actually got the win, and she was unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, she. Uh, when I talked to Coach Doty at the baseball game Friday night. He's like, mm, man, her, her first two or three pitches, her first one went in the dirt, and he's like, that's not a confidence builder. But after that, it just kind of turned on, yeah. and she did a phenomenal job fill, or being the next one up and, and go ahead and closing that game out. So it, it's it's one on both sides of the of the the diamond. You know, you have to have good pitching, you have to have good defense, and you have to have uh, good batting. So uh, overall, great job by the the boys and girls, and it's it's just so nice to you know see the wins come out and on both sides of the the ballpark out there so good job hats off to coach Doty and hats off to Tony uh, Tony Stenberg and the coaching staff well we should toss it right along to what everybody's waiting for uh today we sat down or just a couple of hours ago we sat down with uh coach Brandon Sharp the now new head coach of the boys basketball team had a nice 50 minute talk with him and I think a lot of people are going to enjoy what he has to say uh we'll talk about it a little bit more after uh you guys listen to it, but uh, sit back and relax and enjoy our little interview with Coach Brandon Sharp. Special guest segment. All right, welcome into the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast. Our special guest today is, we have to make this kind of a formal announcement for those who haven't been on the paper. We have with us the brand new boys varsity head coach, Brandon Sharp. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks. Blake and I are pretty excited to sit down and have this uh, interview with you. So I guess get started here. 
Blake, why don't you go ahead and start with the questions, and we won't grill them too bad, but we'll have some fun <laughs> with it. Yeah. First of all, congratulations on the basketball job. I know a lot of people are excited. Uh, my brother Tyler, he's excited. Um, it should be a really fun basketball season. Hopefully it comes up quick. Yeah, no, it's definitely definitely excited for it. And, and uh, I'll thank a lot of people for the support that has been given for the past three months and <laughs> three months to plus. So, yeah. So uh, you're new to the district this past year in the 2018-2019 season. Can you tell us and our listeners just a little bit about what your teaching responsibilities are, what school you're at and whatnot? Yeah, yep. Um, I'm at Davis Elementary. Um, it's a third and fourth grade building, and um, I'm a special ed teacher, and I work with, with our students who have some behavior issues, um, but then also teach some academics also. Um, my day's never boring, we'll put it that way. <laughs> Well, with uh, coming to Grinnell, was that previously, uh, you obviously went to school to be a school teacher, but yeah. is that what you planned on doing when you went to, to college? Or, I mean, it was behavior specialist. Is that what, what your goal was? Or Yeah, it, it, uh, I knew I wanted to be a teacher um, in the behavior realm um, back when I was in seventh grade. Um, which is a crazy story. My mom was a special ed teacher and behavior interventionist over in Newton um, at the middle school and before she came an assistant principal and then principal and everything. Um, and she actually got it. Um, she was put in the hospital for, for a little while um, from a student who just had some anger issues at that time. And that triggered me to, I want to, one, I want to protect anybody else that I can. And um, I'd rather have myself in there than anybody else. Um, but then to to help those kids through through tough situations, um, so it never has to get to the point of worse circumstances. Well, so. definitely, and, and you know, the more that we learn about just the behavior interventionist job, it's not so much. I mean, everyone sees a bad kid on the outside, but really, it's not so much a bad kid. It's it's what what goes on with that kid's life, and you know, is there any special needs that could help them? It always seems like there's something that if you get the right people around them, it can turn their lives around. And, and yeah. I, I'm pretty thankful that the school district has invested in positions like yours because I think we've done it in three different schools. Mm -hmm. It's in the middle school yeah. and in, in the element, lower elementaries. And I yeah. think it is it's starting to make a difference. It takes a little stress off the teachers themselves. So. It does. That's I mean, when, when, when I was um, offered the position and accepted the teaching role, it was – my main goal was to take pressure off my off my administration with Brian Conway, um, and then take pressure off the teachers so they could get back to doing what doing what they what they love doing of teaching. Um, kind of take away those classroom distractions and and help out with the um, being proactive as best we can. Yeah. So. Well, I it, I really hope more people, not only the ones that are tuning in just to listen that we have a new basketball coach, but yeah. I think that's just important too. Is knowing Absolutely. that that role is in the school. And it, it's it's doing good. Absolutely, so I absolutely. Think that's a good thing. You attended Grinnell High School, which I mean that's pretty cool. Uh, where'd you go to college? What did you do in college? Yeah, um, I took when, a. Yeah, when did you graduate? Yeah, I graduated in '07 um, from right here, um, good old G Town, um, and then uh, accepted a, a basketball scholarship to play at Mid American Nazarene University. Um, it's an NAI Division One school. Um, was down there for two years, my freshman and sophomore year. Um, was part of two teams that that played in the in the NAI's version or the NAI Fab Four. We can't use Final Four. That's taken by NCAA. You get in trouble. Um, but the NAI Division One Fab Four um, for those two years um, played on two teams that were 
tremendous. Um, freshman year, got to back up a three-time All-American point guard, and um, um, you have like uh, so I was kind of being noticed now for tight end you, and yeah, Mid America was yeah. like the point guard you. Oh really? Um, we had. Um, there's a string of about four four point guards in a row that were all Americans and national player of the years and stuff and it was just the right place to go to to continue learning basketball um, I went there mainly mainly with the basketball and education standpoint but also I didn't want to take a year off of or four years sabbatical of my faith um, that was a big part too. Um, go to a Christian university and, and kind of get to stretch myself there too um, after that after two years I actually transferred to Simpson um, the main reason for that was I've got a younger sister. My youngest sister is Reagan. Um, she just finished up her first year teaching at BGM. Um, but Reagan and I are very close, and I, that sh I wasn't in the house to watch her grow up. Um, so I wanted to get back closer um, and then also get to a program that I could help impact and change also. Um, Simpson had uh, – they had fallen on some tough years, um, and then we're I was able to be a part of two teams that kind of helped turn that around and qualify for the conference tournament and – um, kind of made a run at that conference title a few times, but um, so yeah. Then after that, that's that's how it rolled, I guess. So a lot of those uh, two-year colleges like that are the NIA. Was it NIA? NAIA. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times those are also kind of feeders to major four-year Division One schools. Was there quite a few of those? You said you played ahead of a, a couple or behind them. Yeah. Did. Were there some big colleges that those kids went on to play for? Or? So, yeah, the the NAI schools are all four years also. Um, but uh, we played against – I mean, you get a lot of Division One transfers um, down to NAI Division One. Um, I know we went out to went out to Florida and played Emory-Riddle, um, and their starting three guards were all from the Big East. Like, we literally <laughs> – I was like, I literally just watched you play in the Big East tournament last year. Um, so you got a lot of – you got a lot of D1 transfers that, that went down and stuff. Um, to the NAID one level and everything, but uh, um, the competition there is it's phenomenal. I mean, it's um, doesn't matter what level of college basketball you're playing. Um, if it's here, and I know the it used to be the IAC, but now the American Rivers or whatever the D3 mm -hmm. um, conference is now, um, it's it doesn't matter where you play. If you're playing college sports, you're you're in that one percentile. So. Competition levels there. Yeah, absolutely. That's why pretty do, cool. Why do people transfer down? Is it because of grades? Is it because of sometimes? Sometimes it can be because of grades. Usually, the, I mean, the grades are going to follow you no right, matter what. Right. Um, usually, uh, it could be uh, that level just might be too high. Yeah. Um, it could be some people transfer for home mm -hmm. reasons um, to be closer. Um, there could be coaching changes. Um, unfortunately, in the college level, you have those promises that are right. given during yeah. recruitments, yeah. and then don't, that don't don't pan out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's plenty of reasons. Yeah. When you did go up to Simpson, did you see the competition level? Was it as competitive as your first two years? It or? was. It was up there. Um, I had a couple teammates that definitely could have been playing at a higher level, um, but really just liked the community of Simpson College. Um, they liked one was one was from the Des Moines area from Ankeny, and um, he. He could have been. He could have got a scholarship to play at D two level or something. Um, we would have taken him NAI for sure. Um, that uh, there, I had a couple teammates. The majority of it, um, it was it was relatively, um, relatively to it. Um, it's just a different uh, that when you have a scholarship held over you, you yeah, you're, yeah. you're told to do things and you yeah. you say they say jump and you say how high. Yeah. Um, at the D three level, you still have that, but 
um, it's at the it's more laid back kind of um, more towards like a high school scene of um, these are the times that we expect you to be here and stuff but um, I can't say I can't say <laughs> I'm gonna pull your money from you if if you right. don't show up so right. so yeah. did you have a job in college and if you did what was it and then what was your first job right out of college um let's see I did not have a job in college um the only <laughs> yeah didn't definitely didn't have time during the summers um when I transferred so at mid-america we had to stay down there you you had to work camps every yeah. week to camp every yeah. week and stuff and when I transferred to Simpson um I wanted to be my own boss and be able to work out whenever I wanted for however long um so I actually started a basketball academy um sharp skills and I don't know back in the 09 or so um and ran that um with private lessons, small group lessons. We ended up having some travel team, basketball teams. Um, and then I actually was, uh, I helped out with the Grinnell Little League um, as the director of umpires um, and trying to get <laughs> umpires all organized and stuff. Um, but th those are my those are my college jobs. Um, and then right out of college, uh, well, how about, so when I transferred to Simpson, not all my credits transferred over. Um, so then I stayed for I had to stay for a fifth year to get my student teaching done. And, right. um, so at that time, once I had finished up my four years, I was planning on staying on staff um, with Simpson as a as an assistant men's coach um, there, and um, I had a unique opportunity to be a 22 year old and go run my own program. And at 22, you're like, oh my goodness, yeah, it's, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, and that can be uh, that can be extremely challenging, from what I found too. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, with that sharp skill stuff, I was doing some lessons and workouts and the administration over there. Um, I was working with some kids from there and um, they sat in, the superintendent sat in on a few of my workouts and um, about a month after that, two months after that, um, they had a head girls position come open and um, they asked if I'd be interested in that and um, I, I jumped at it, prayed for a lot, prayed for a lot. <laughs> Uh, a lot of long time and just made sure that it was the right move and stuff and I uh, felt that's where we we're being called to to help impact there and so that was in Indianola then that was in at Newton that was when you yeah, went yeah, to Newton. that was yeah. at Newton yeah so um yeah this past year was my first time ever being an assistant yeah um and it was um it took us a few it took dad and I a, a little while to to figure out um took me a little while to, when to keep my mouth shut <laughs> and when not to um, but it was uh, it was a great experience. Yeah, yeah. Seven years there. Seven years at Newton. Um, now, when you were at Newton, was that same teaching as what you're doing right now? Behavior, yeah. Yep. Yep. I was a special ed teacher and working with with uh, academics and behavior. Um, but yeah, I got to. I was at a four six building actually with with Brian Conway, my principal. Now he was a gen ed teacher there. Um, and then the last two years they reconfigured, and I got to spend the last two years. Um, uh, at at Berg Middle School, um, where my my mom's actually the principal there, and um, got to work with. Um, I was in charge of all behavior for 950 kids, and um, and fifth grade full fifth grade academics also. Um, um, so I got that, and it was a lot of fun. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, you definitely feel like you make an impact for sure. Um, working in the working in the education field. And then, sure. then you said you you were a varsity girls coach? Yeah, I was the head varsity girls coach for those seven years. Um, got to see the program grow from, we had 17 kids in the program when I got there. Um, they couldn't field a freshman team before. And then our, our last year we, we finished with 42 kids in it. So we, uh, we tried to develop a culture that 
kids want to be a part of and parents want their kids to be a part of because um, it's going to teach them how to be a better basketball player. But more importantly, it's going to teach them how to be a better leader. Um, and that's the that's the I mean, that's our that's our mission. That's our mission in life um, to impact lives and, and create better leaders for for the world we so desperately need. Okay, right now. so now going in, you made the comment. You had yeah. your first opportunity to coach and be a head coach in a system yep. at 22 years old. Yep. And it's not coaching boys like you played boys basketball yeah. for your whole life. Yeah. Was that a little bit of a, a switch to say, I know what guys are like. I've been around them my whole life. Yep. To come in and say, girls, this is what we're going to change to. And then all, both genders, whether you coach boys or girls, you, mm -hmm. you, you're used to boys and what everyone's attitudes and how yep. they react and how when you say something, they're going to say, cock their head some way. Yep. How did the girls respond to this young, fresh out of college coach yeah. step in and say, I'm going to make some changes? Was, yeah. that, was that a, a little bit of a leap? I'm, I could imagine my head, not only kids, you're probably having yeah. some parents going, Oh, yeah, what? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, the best part was uh, I got to get in front of those parents and meet with them uh, and paint the vision of the, pick, of the, of the program going forward um, and talk with them um, in depth. I'm, I'm an open-door person. Um, anything, anything I do is, is completely open and open for anybody to ask questions, interpret however, and... Um, uh, just like how I like to run things, um, but yeah, it was great to to get in. The, the girls, um, the girls, there's some like oh, like this is this is a lot or this is intense or stuff like that. Um, but what I found is basketball is basketball, no matter what level. Um, the personalities and uh, um, the differences in gender are just the two differences. Um, the the guys guys are um, you throw down with them. And they're if if you're willing to throw down, they'll jump in. Um, girls are I want to know that you I want to know that you uh, you have my back and all this stuff before they'll jump in and compete and stuff. Um, so that's been the that's the I think the difference between the two that that I've experienced. Um, but I got to um, it's been it was fun. It was a lot of fun to to mold and shape something into into something different. Um, and I think I. I like to think we left that place in a whole lot better position than, than what it was. Well, definitely that program on paper as mm -hmm. wins and losses yeah. definitely was left in a lot better position than yeah. when you went into it. And, you know, the Newton as a town, very similar. I, I come from South Tama. So mm -hmm. we were a, a big school in the CIC in the 70s. Yeah. Like South Tama was one of the largest, yeah. and we competed against Newton, Ankeny, Urbandale, yeah. and then as these towns turned into large cities, mm -hmm. above twenty-five thousand, heading to yeah. hundred thousand, yeah. you know we competed with the same kids. And Newton was always that part of the CIC that they're small town Midwest, but yet they had the Maytag feeders, they had uh, Iowa Telecom feeders, they had all these businesses that still made them. A 4A school yeah. to compete. They had that white collar. Yeah, that white collar. And then pool, when definitely. when Maytag left, it's just like I'm not saying there was a dependence on those people, but lives go on. Those people yeah. have to move on. Yep. And the such a pool of athletes were from those. Yeah. White, they were gone. Yep. And then it was like a rebuilder, and that's basically that been about right when you jumped into it. Is yeah. there's a pull? Oh my yep. gosh, what are we gonna do? All all the kids left. 
and they just didn't recognize they still had talent yeah. because they were being pushed out by the stronger talents. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that I, when I look back at Newton basketball, football, all the way across the board, mm -hmm. they're starting to recognize that we, they're the same. The traditional kids are still here. Yep. We just – you guys got to learn how to play yeah. the way you want to play again. Yeah, that's what it took. Uh, um, and I was an outsider there and got to spend, like I said, seven years there. Um, but uh, – it was definitely uh, living in the past to start off with, um, but then about year three of that of, of being there, um, that town started to to realize that with ain't nobody coming back, like no <laughs> Maytag's not coming back. Nope. So it's uh, it's time to to just buckle up and, and get back to work. Um, to, they take a lot of pride in in what I have a lot of respect for for the people that live there. Um, and work there because it's um, they have a lot of pride, a lot of red pride there. So yeah, they do. It, it's yep. been strong ever since I was a kid. Yeah. So. Yep. Let's All right. Talk about your dad for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so you, what's what, what was it like to not only play for your dad, but now you, last year you coached with him, and obviously you told us you know it took a little bit to figure out, but playing for him is that harder because in the aspect of you need to you want to impress him and everything else, or what's what was that like? Yeah, um, it goes back to it goes back to the a comment my dad made to me in seventh grade when I told him I wanted to play varsity as a freshman, um, and it was, son, you either got to be the very best or you got to be the very worst. Um, anything in between is not going to work because right. people are always going to say um, have their have their judgments on or. Um, Life as a life as a, a coach's kid is rough. Um, I feel I have a very special place in my heart for any coach's kid. I don't care how good or bad they are. Right. Um, very special place because it's it's a tough thing. Um, but yeah, that uh, that comment played right into I better I better start working then. Um, so yeah, it was. Um, I think playing for him was a whole lot harder than coaching coaching for him um, because uh, I think uh, from the playing standpoint. Um, I remember my freshman year, we come back from, from varsity practices and um, it was about the first week and we would be at each other still um, when we got home and my mom put a quick end to that about after that first week. She says some ground rules when you're at home, um, your dad and son, when you're at the gym, it's it's coaching, coaching player. Um, but it was a blast to, I wouldn't change anything. Um, playing for my dad and coaching with him was um, with, with two of the best experiences of my life. Um, they definitely shaped me to, to kind of who I am as a as a person and leader and stuff. So, well, as as a player, you were a good player. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> but how did you just ever think that in the back of your head is my dad not telling me something that is is not you know Does he sit there and say he just his opinion is well I'm not gonna say something but I know that he really wants to tell me you could do better at that. Or did you just sense it or pick up that? No, he let me hear about it. <laughs> he let me hear about it. Um, yeah, and it, I think there with that it goes to another conversation we had of um, dad and I are very similar, um, but at the same point we're, we're two different people and, and different in a lot of aspects. Um, where I was a player that uh, I didn't want to be yelled at because – uh, when I messed up because I knew I messed up and I, I put more more struggle on myself or more emphasis on myself of screwing up than any coach could. How um, if it was my dad or not. <laughs> but uh, so he, we had a conversation on that of 
Like when I screw up, I know it, and I'm going to own that and, and everything there. Um, but as a coach's kid, you're definitely held to a higher standard um, on and off the floor and everything in between. So, Your dad's won more than 300 games, gone to the state tournament more than eight times. It's a crazy resume. Yeah. I mean, between you filling his shoes now and coaching now for where you grow up, I mean, you watched this team grow, and now you get to lead it. Uh, you know, how hard is that, knowing that you have to follow that now, and now this is your team, and this is this is your town that now you have to take yeah. care of? Yeah. Um, it's a – we'll put it this way. It's a, it's an, an opportunity that I'm very, very thankful for. Mm -hmm. um, as a coach's kid, you grow up – like, I've been at – I think I've – starting in uh, probably fourth grade, I bet I was at every single – um, practice that he had when he was first the sophomore coach and then when coach Kriegel passed um, they asked him to, to take over um, I'm pretty sure I was almost at every single practice growing up and stuff um, and you sit there you, I remember sitting in the Kriegel gym on the first row of the bleachers um, on the it'd be the west side um, kind of by the band air mm -hmm. by uh, band room and choir room mm -hmm. um, and we were playing Pella and they had their fab five of Pierce Hidma and um, Clayton Corver and Billy Fox and um, right there was the time like I was like this is what I like I want to come back what you want to do yeah, yeah this is what I want because um, to see that place is that place was packed mm -hmm. um, Creole Gym's not very big anyways but it was packed and to see the level of how hard kids play and the the support that the community gives is second to none mm -hmm. um, I've got to experience that as a player and and hopefully now as a coach um, but uh, yeah, and the 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 groundwork that's been laid by um, by Digger Phelps, by Steve Kriegel, by Dad. Um, there's this program. One thing we always, Dad and I always talk about. This program was here long before us, and it's going to be here long after us. Right. Um, this is simply a, a caretaker job. I'll make sure that we leave this place in a better better standing right. than what it was. Now, when you sit there on. Everyone's familiar with that same corner you're talking mm -hmm. about. As you're sitting there and you're watching your dad coach or watching the team play, what part of the basketball game? Is it when plays are happening right or when you see your dad get up and get excited? So what really got you pumped to say, I want to – is it the game? Or is you seeing your dad, knowing that you sit in practice and all these plays – and you look up and say, that's what I saw last week, and it just happened. And my dad's either has a smile on his face or a red face going, shaking his head sideways <laughs> like we know your dad does sometimes. Like, why yep. did you – you went the wrong way. Yeah. You know, what part of that was, was your driver? Just the, the completeness or watching the, your dad and that satisfaction? Yeah, the, I think the, the driver was just the love for the sport um, and then seeing your – the, kind of being a coach's kid and seeing that inside look of the program um, or behind the scenes look, um, that is just a solidifier. Um, but I think if um, I mean you got to love kids, you got to love got to love people to work with and and the sport if you're gonna truly be good and, and great at something and impact lives and um, and build build upon things. Um, I won't lie if I, I I would be lying if I would say that watching my dad get excited when Aaron Waggle scored a bucket um, against Pierce Hidma or whatever it was um, 
like there's some there's definitely a sense of pride in that of um i mean you, blake you talk about the eight plus trips that mm -hmm. dad's taken teams to state tournament and um like there's definitely a sense of pride right. in in wanting to maintain that and and excel right i yeah. mean that's a that's what we we want to enhance this and and take it to a whole nother level and just keep building on what all the great coaches have done before so yesterday you guys went to marshalltown for a scrimmage we did that was the was that the first time that you've technically been the head coach and he's been there kind of sitting on the off to the side what was that like <laughs> it, he never yes. stood up i don't think he no, kind of just no. sat there but yeah um that was the first time yeah that he was sitting there as an assistant um we had a conversation when I got back home. Um, I was like, how, how are you doing? He's like, I'm, I'm doing exactly what I want to right now. Um, and it was, it was good. Um, it was fine. Dad and I have had a lot of conversations um, since he announced his retirement, whatever, um, on, on it. And if the opportunity arose that I would be fortunate enough to be the next coach um, on how kind of things would look. And um, it was – I told him, I mean, anybody would be dumb. Anybody would be flat dumb if they, if you have a, the previous coach who wants to still be involved in some aspects mm -hmm. and, and with the resume that you, that right, you said right. he has and the experience, um, anybody would be dumb to, to try and turn that coach away, oh, okay. um, no matter what the relationship is mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, he's one of my mentors, and he's going to continue to be one of my mentors. <laughs> right. So well, one thing that you know, as as a parent having a player, mm -hmm. I've always admired this staff as you don't take them out because they did something wrong. Of course, you take them out because they did something wrong. But mm -hmm. I always see an assistant coach that goes and sits beside whoever they take out. Now, if the kid wants to listen, that's part two of it. Yes. But if it's a kid that's a coachable kid, they'll always sit down and say, "Listen, this is what." Is going on and this is why you got pulled out get back in there but we got to explain this we got to get figured out before we go forward mm -hmm. and I think that's one part of when you came last year to see you with this freshman group that everyone kind of scratched their heads said will they ever win a game yeah you know you did that you coached and you was teaching and then as you stepped up to the varsity level and, and volunteered on the assistant side I really noticed that a lot was it wasn't so much just to sit and fill a chair. It was when someone come out, you you knew exactly why your dad was taking them out mm -hmm. to help and sit down and coach him. Mike Baker does an, an excellent job at that too. Yep. I think that's Absolutely. what kind of completed this year's coaching staff yep. and, and actually raised the team up because it just wasn't one person saying, get out. But I can't sit and take the minute to talk to you because mm -hmm. I still got to watch and coach the game that's here mm -hmm. to have a staff that actually fills in that spot. And I mean, obviously, you've done it, so you know that's that was yeah. a, a factor that helps makes things work. But it did, yeah. That, that's one thing as a parent, and I think the other parents recognize that too. That yeah. it is a change, and not that it changed, but when you have the people there to do it, yeah, it makes a difference. That's what, yeah, it was. It's definitely a learning experience, uh, I think, for all of us as coaches um, this past year and stuff of finding our new rules and our new niches. Um, I'm a I'm really good at building relationships. It's part of it's part of why I'm my teaching job. Right. Um, I can build relationships really well and genuine relationships, um, and that uh, that just helps with the coaching. And go, I think my teaching job and coaching go hand in hand. I think so.
Let's talk about the upcoming basketball season mm -hmm. a little bit. Granted, we're in June. Still got a long way to go. Yep, but yep. how does the team look this year? We got that first glimpse of them yesterday between returning starters. Uh, I think what, we're only going to have a senior class of one or two people. Yeah. And then add on these upcoming freshmen and everything else. The Little Hawkeye Conference is stacked. I mean, there's yeah. no better word for it. Bowen Warren's leading Norwalk. Absolutely. Xavier Foster's leading Oskaloosa. They're going to be tough to beat. Yep. How does the team look compared to the rest of the conference this year? Um, the rest of – I mean, uh, you said it. The, the Little Hawkeye is – I'll put the Little Hawkeye. I mean, this is a conference I grew up in. Right. Um, and I would put the Little Hawkeye up against any other conference. Oh, yeah. Um, even CIML, NBC, MRC, whatever it may be. Two state – championship yeah, teams I absolutely mean, that's absolutely um and then throw in pella pella christian um indianola who had a good run last year and, and dcg oh, yeah. will, will be a lot better um newton will be a whole lot better too and that's where uh, i think we we have our work cut out we do um but that's uh I, I got to talk with a handful of the kids yesterday and then today um that's our that's one of our core principles mm -hmm. is hard work and that's something that um in the world we live in right now um entitlement is is something every coach and teacher and parent are all fighting against right. um and that's where um we had good conversations on we have we have so many workouts and and stuff and so many times to opportunities to to get better and um, we got to take advantage of those if we want to compete um because we can, we can show up, we can roll the ball out come right. second week of November when practice starts, um, but there's not a team on our schedule who wouldn't beat us if we did that right. um, with the conference and non-conference schedules that yeah. we play. Um, but, yeah, the, the conference should be – it's going to be another loaded year yeah. and stuff. Um, I think it's – I mean, my expectations are always to – I don't care if we're the bottom feeders or right. not – um, my, my expectations and, and goal are always to compete for those conference mm -hmm. titles and compete with those top teams. Right. Um, in this conference, if you can compete with those top three team, the top teams in the conference and be one of the top three teams, um, you have a legit shot yeah, of you do. making it to state and if not being in the top four. Right. Um, so that's what I think the – I love the little Hawkeye. Um, mm -hmm. It's uh, it prepares you very very well for the, for tournament run and and everything. So and but, even last year, like we we only lost to Oski by like thirteen last year. Yeah. I mean we we hung in with teams yeah. that we just didn't think we'd hang into. Yeah. That game Pella last year that went to overtime. I mean why in the world were we in that game? No one knows. But they still mm -hmm. played hard and no matter what you know you still got to show up every single night even if you're at the bottom and the other teams at the top. Yeah, absolutely. That's the. Um, one of the one of the six intangibles that we want to teach within our culture is approach, mm -hmm. and you you just hit that. Um, the approach we want to take is doesn't matter what the scoreboard is. Right. Um, in our minds, it's got to be a zero-zero game yeah. point mentality. Yeah. Every possession, offense, defense, um, and then we want that to transfer transfer over into the classroom and their mm -hmm. their lives off the floor too. On um, in other sports of. This is the one thing that's in front of me. I need to focus on that one thing and not worry about what's in front or what's happened behind. Mm -hmm. Just be present in that moment and, and that rep and stuff. Right. So, is, is there a the little Hawkeye Conference being built up in Ukeda? Pella Christian, which is a lower class. Yep. Grinnell sits in the middle, and then you have uh, Indianola being upper class. Mm -hmm. You just don't usually hear about a multi-class conference like we have set up. It's very unique because when it's all said and done and we come to conference play, 
it's like, well, we have our little Hawkeye conference, but then all of a sudden, Pellet Christian disappears, and next thing you hear about, it, they're going mm-hmm. to state in the in their class. Yeah, Indianola rolls out. They're they're, they're going rolling. To 4A. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it has to be tough to say. Put the mindset of your players. It's all about our conference of what class we're in when it all comes down to it. But yet, for your conference wins and losses, yeah. it's like, yeah, but. We're just kind of get beat up and we get a, a hit or a loss over here on this side. Yep. And that's what I think that's what uh, – so on the boys' side with the state tournament or, or the playoffs, um, the district tournaments um, and, and sub-states, they have – like you have a seeding meeting with all these eight coaches. And um, last year, Little Hawkeye got hit. We did. Um, and a lot of it came because we all beat on each other. Um, and some conferences will use that against you. Um, I think it's great because – you're prepared then. Right. Um, I don't care if you get a eight seed because you've because you've lost to to the top six teams in the conference, top five teams, whatever it is. Um, that's going to prepare you to to overthrow somebody else um, come that district tournament time. Um, and then if you're the top of the conference, you have earned the you have earned that. Yeah. Um, and teams are going teams are going to respect that for sure. So. Well, with that being said, when we talk about let's go to the last game of the season, Palo mm-hmm. last year when you have such a phenomenal first half. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, on the books, it, we didn't live stream that game, but Blake and I sit there and watch it. It's like, if we only had a mic in front of us in the video going, and then how do you turn around? And it's just, it actually, we watched the second half. It was like, if you could have any bad luck, it was bad luck. But yet, you know, it's performance of, and I don't like point fingers at, yeah. well, that ref yeah. did that, but how come he didn't make that call in the yeah. first half? Yeah. And it, we just felt like there was a defeat. But, I mean, the kids really, yeah, they had a couple bad bad plays, but mm-hmm. they still played equally well. Yeah. You know, there's a couple, good couple losses. of shots. You know, yeah. yeah. That was just, it seemed it was, like we all walked out of that gym with our hearts just Thumping hard and then just to dead stop is like I say, it was, ri- it was ripped out of our coach's <laughs> chest. I promise you that. But it Anybody. was a, it was a great loss. I mean, you don't think of losses as great, yeah. but man, that was one of the best losses I've ever seen. And yeah. I know that's so weird to say, it's, but it was so good. It's it's hard to it's hard to hear and it's hard right. to swallow. I'll right. be honest. Right. But so to use that to, yeah. to move into my yep. question, absolutely. Do you use that as motivation going into this year? Because yes, you lost some seniors, but yet you still have three starters mm-hmm. coming back to use that for motivation and to go into where we want to pick up from. We talked to Tony Stenberg, huge motivation for this baseball team. They had their heart ripped out of them right in the end, but these guys are on fire because of that. Is Do you think that will carry over to this year's season to help as a motivation for these guys? I hope so. Um, I, can't, uh, I can't put words into their mouths. Mm-hmm. Um, um, or uh, or actions behind their doings, um, but I as a coach, you always hope that does. Um, you can use it one of two ways. Um, you can use that to motivate, or you can use it to crush. Um, and I'm I'm knowing the guys um, for the past year. I think a lot of them are pretty motivated. Um, I think there's others that could be just crushed and tossed away. Um, but uh, that's our job to to reestablish that and um, just keep enhancing enhancing the program and, and everything that right. we're doing. Well, being 
being optimistic from the people on the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I'd say that Blake and I yeah. sit. And we like to say that we come, become a bigger part of the, the sports family as we go forward. Mm -hmm. But, you know, from seeing your dad having a down year the year before, which was unlike any type of a sharp program, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. to rebound to the year that we had, you know, if someone was looking at numbers, they'd say, oh, well, that's not great. But when you look at the rebound from down to this, and we watched almost every game yeah. the year before, yeah. broadcasted at the end. Good for you guys. And just, I did too, and it was hard. Just to, <laughs> just to see the changes, you know, the changes alone of seeing how it was progressing back up. And, and again, you know, I coached for five years when I got out of mm -hmm. school too. The mindset of the kids is what changes all that. Yeah. If, if you don't have buy-in, if you don't have someone or a leader that says, this is the right thing we need to do. Yeah. That's also a change along with coaching. Yeah. But, you know, it for us, I, I think it's just to move forward and keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And, you know, knowing that the kids is, are not going to have a brand-new coach that comes in and says, all right, everything you did, mm -hmm. and then, then usually you always go backwards a little mm -hmm. bit. So, you know, from your standpoint of coming into this, I, everyone's going to have – I'm now in charge. Yeah. So there's going to be yep. subtle changes yep. of leadership, but yep. I think for the most part, good things come forward. Yeah. And we're, we're looking forward to that. Yeah. Are there any changes on the coaching staff? Do you have, I, it's probably early, but do we have assistant coaches laid out or? Um, so far, as far as I know, Coach Baker's still coming back. He, um, um, like I said earlier, I'd be ridiculous um, and dumb to. Um, for the old man who still wants to be involved. Is he still going to sit um, on the bench probably? He, more than likely. Um, we're still talking and stuff. Um, he's gonna, he really wants to be involved a lot yeah. with our youth stuff. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're, that we're trying to get off the ground mm -hmm. and build with that. Um, but I wouldn't – I'd anticipate the, the old man um, sitting on the bench and, mm -hmm. and hollering out still. Um, so we're, we're looking for a freshman coach right now. Mm -hmm. um, we got that position to fill. Um, but uh, other than that, there's – just trying to fill, just trying to fill, and make sure we're now. We're is uh, with your dad? I know. So he retired from head coaching. Yeah. Is has he re retired from reinsurance yet? Or no, is he, he still. Yeah, he just retired from the coaching side. Okay, yeah. so yep. he's still yep. working yep. out reinsurance. Yeah. Yep. I know he, his bonds and relationships for there. I, you know, visit a couple times, and he mm -hmm. said he, he's amazed of when people come from the outside. It's like, yeah, my kid played against you or whatever. Yep. So yep. It, it's kind of cool some of the stories he has. Yeah, absolutely. Outside of basketball, how but it turns all around into, you know, yeah. jobs that you have today. Yeah. So overall, yeah. what's what's the main goal in this in year one, I guess, uh, for the basketball team, and I guess the outlook yeah. going ahead. Um, I think the main the main goal um, is to make sure we're getting better every day. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't talk a lot about wins. I don't talk a lot about championships. Um, what we do talk about um, is falling in love with the process, um, making sure that we get 1% better every day, and then um, that 1% builds up. Um, we talk about the, the characteristics that champions have on and off the floor. Um, all that stuff is going to lead into lead into wins and conference titles and state tournament appearances and um, state titles mm -hmm. um, but the the main focus um, will always be on that process make sure we're getting one percent better every day so if there's anything to tell the people of Grinnell it's to trust the process yeah it, it's it can be very cliche mm -hmm. um, yeah. it very it can especially in the everybody uses right, that now. right yeah um, 
but uh, there there's certain things that dad like I said earlier dad and I are, are like but there's certain things that we're 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 on two different spectrums right, right. Um, and uh, last year I got to have a lot of say in, in what we did offensively and stuff um, and now I get to put my spin on defensively and yeah. special teams and all that mm -hmm. stuff now so um, and our, our our culture is a really big really big thing right um, and establishing that right away um, is is definitely definitely a big goal of ours and the game of basketball is changing it's mm -hmm. it's very apparent the yeah. college three-point line just got moved back a foot it did people yeah. are going to be shooting yeah. like that move to the international yeah so yeah. I mean it doesn't change for high school but defenses are changing offense mm -hmm. is changing do you change with the times or do you try to like well we don't need to go too far back from what there used to be the triangle offense used to be a huge thing yeah, it's yeah. like looked down upon now ever since Phil Jackson left it yeah. the New York Knicks yeah do you try to change with time or are you going to kind of take what your dad did or are you going to try to adjust it just a little bit um I'll run with the philosophy mm -hmm. that I that I've developed since I was a well a freshman in high school right um and what you'll see from from our teams offensively we, we want to play fast yeah um, we want to get up and down the floor um, last summer I got the opportunity to to coach a semi-professional women's team um, and that well, I got to play with this 24 second shot clock and I loved it oh, it was amazing great. yeah um, I'm definitely an advocate of the shot clock being added in I high school too <laughs> um, but uh, you we want to play fast um, and that's one thing I we, we want to carry over from that that I had in, in my past to, to now um, let the kids have freedom um, with the offense we run it can be as free as kids want it to be um, or it can be um, we can manipulate it yeah. to, to kind of have coaches with more control mm -hmm. um, defensively um, we'll see yeah, yeah, I've got I got some I got some things. <laughs> um, working on some stuff. We got some stuff. Yeah, we got some man-to-man -man stuff that we'll, defensively will be different than yeah. We'll be a, we'll seen. be very very different um, than anything that's ever been run defensively here. Interesting. Um, and that can be um, fun, but it can be scary because right. you know what's what's worked um, in the past has worked for the majority of the years. Right. Um, but it will be a different. Um, it's kind of a, it's evolving. Um, but then uh, we also have some. I have to take Dean Smith has his point defense that he made famous at mm -hmm. North Carolina, and um, so I run that point defense. But we run it out of about three different formations mm -hmm. and and stuff. So defensively, it's a uh, um, and that's kind of where our focus is right now. Offensively, we installed that last year. Mm -hmm. um, nothing's really changing with that. Just got to get skill yeah. skill stuff better. And um, from a defensive standpoint, it's probably gonna be night and day to be honest because <laughs> well, of the philosophies from, are just too different. Yeah, from the defensive standpoint, though, there's always if someone says that we're going to change or we're going to play more aggressive there's always one word that goes in with that and that's condition of athletes yeah that you know the to yep. play a good defensive game you know you may look at athletes rotating more because yep. you won a hundred percent for three to four All minutes and yep. you know you have to condition your athletes there's some athletes as you know that they could go five five to seven minutes mm -hmm. But then it's is can they recover in two minutes to get back and yeah. do that again? Yep. So that rotation of people be able to move that. Yeah. And trust me, I I try to exercise as much as I can. <laughs> and yep. some some ones in our family just look at me funny when I say that. But yeah. he knows that it's the right right thing to do. Yeah. But uh, one last question for yeah. you: uh, If you could coach any other sport besides basketball. Mm -hmm. What would it be, and why would that be? Yikes, man. 
I don't know. Um, I played everything growing up. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't play soccer. I don't know anything <laughs> about that or hockey or anything like that. Um, I like the strategic um, part of football. Yeah. Um, I do like that. Um, it's like chess, basically, because it's not a fast-paced game. It right. can be if you run stuff, but um, it's always one decision versus the other. Where basketball is such a flow sport. Right. Um, that or that. I. I mean, when I was in high school, I I coached uh, the traveling baseball team. Hmm. Um, I enjoyed baseball a lot. Um, probably either one of those. Um, definitely don't want to be heads of either one of them. I'm not smart <laughs> enough to do that. I barely keep my head above here. But um, no, those those two would be. If I, I don't know if I could pick which one, but well, all of us love to watch everything. And if you're yeah, sports minded, absolutely, you know it, it could travel. Blake's sports mind goes all the way over beyond the sport of what we watch mm -hmm. into motorsports and he can sit all day and watch cars go around to make left hand turns <laughs> and be excited about it but you know for the the point of like you said you play all of them yeah and, and it's in yeah. it's in your heart how much you want to dive into the yeah. the one you love the most like yeah you made your choice basketball and at a young day i made my choices playing football and mm -hmm. coaching football just because yeah. That's where I felt my excitement level yep. was. Yep. And for me, it was great until I quit coaching. And then it took me about three or four years before I could even watch it. Yeah. It was just like, was that the right decision? Did I do this? Mm -hmm. And now what we do together as broadcasting, mm -hmm. having the ability to play all those. And I'm not saying I sit up there and try to be an expert when we do commentating. Yeah. But there's so much common sense stuff yeah. of the game that it's just our listeners don't really realize what's going on. Yep. And for us, when someone pulls a kid out, their first thing is, why'd you pull my kid out? And for me, I look at the positive side of it. Well, you know, they're, they're not coming off that screen correctly or mm -hmm. they're not doing this. So we try to be your best support yeah. mechanism <laughs> yeah, online. You but, like you know, hopefully as we move forward, we've always had KGR on radio. It's been a great yep. supporter of Absolutely. the program. Absolutely. And we're just trying to give a whole different aspect of now you can listen and you can watch yeah. what's going on. Absolutely. Because we know there's a lot of people. Grinnell's 10,000 people. We yep. have a gym that right. puts, you know, 1,200 yep. people at the most. Yep. And even if it's packed, we could still have people watching the ball game and enjoying it. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to provide on our side yep. and, and support you guys 100% as no, we go. We appreciate so. it. No, I appreciate all your guys' work. So uh, when it comes to – the basketball season this upcoming year is the community going to get to look at new uniforms this year is that is that rumor true all right that rumor is true yep that rumor is true and we um, won't say how that was fed to us yeah yeah i'm sure i know exactly how that was fed no um yeah i'll give you guys i'll even give you a sneak peek um i'll give the two of you a sneak peek on on what it is okay. um yeah we're in the works of of new unis um and we're gonna um just another way of uh, reestablishing mm -hmm. and continuing to build um, whilst respecting the past and the mm -hmm. tradition and stuff um, and just build on that stuff. Mm -hmm. Just one way for us to continue doing yeah. that. I, I During my senior year, getting people involved was big. Mm -hmm. uh, Grinnell hadn't had an ESPN theme night, so I tried to create an yeah. ESPN theme night that one night just to get more people involved, more people yep. to come to the games because, I mean, it – there's more and more people showing up. It's yeah. very apparent in all and, of our sports. Yeah. Well, and, the, and as we move forward, yeah. we would like to – we want to be in contact with you either 
prior to the game, mm -hmm. which I think sometimes prior to the game, KJRN is, and we want to honor them 100% of their mm -hmm. post-game interviews. Yeah. But either sometime prior to the games, you know, if you see us, we'd like to have you come up, talk a little bit like a pre-chat game. Yeah. And then this weekly podcast is turning into a pretty big deal, pretty cool. and it's a blast. We, we love good, doing it. But, good. you know, we do have some future goals that we, we spoke with. We'd like to turn it into a video podcast Very that cool. we sit down and we have guests. If you have players between yourself, mm -hmm. uh, Trent Edson, bring in a player. Yeah. You sit down on an evening and we do a video broadcast of very it cool. from a select restaurant that yeah. is a very good supporter of ours. And we want to make it a big deal. And, yeah, and it's not a big deal about us. It's a big deal about the athletes and the coaches. Absolutely. And, you know, we're just doing all activities through the school. There's yeah. tons of things that happen in this school Absolutely. besides just sports. Yep. But that's our goals. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we're appreciative oh, that are, you take the time. Those are great. We're excited that we, we got to be your first interview yeah. as a head yeah. coach. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. And, Blake, last words, comments? Well, Coach Sharp, we really appreciate you uh, sitting down with us. And uh, it's a long way to basketball season, but, man, it's going to fly by, and we really look forward to keeping up with you. No, I appreciate it. Blake and Dan, you guys have me on and um, kind of talking on the program in the past and how we're moving forward and um, just can't tell people just how excited I am. Um, it's been a um, been a dream. Um, we felt called to move back here last summer to to help impact the community and um, and not just uh, not just the sports realm but the community in whole. Um, so however however we can do that, well we'll definitely. We'll stay caught up with you throughout the summer. Sounds good. We'll be in the booth up at the the baseball games. I saw you must yeah. had your son was up there little league night though. Nah, night. just I work with I work with Coach Stenberg. Okay, um, him and I are, we've developed a nice nice little relationship, so nice it, friendship. So we like we to support what, those guys. And seven more gotta, seven more yeah, games. Seven more if you're game. out and around, stop Absolutely. up in the booth. We'll we'll have a little chat again. Throw go. you on the line. We, there we go. It's kind of fun to break up the evening a little yeah. bit check in absolutely. on summer camps how they're absolutely going. yeah yep. so absolutely again thank you very much yep, for stopping you. in and uh, we appreciate it and we look forward to the future sounds good thanks brandon all right once again thank you so much to head coach brandon sharp for sitting down and talking to us um it seems like our interviews just keep getting better every single week and Man, that was just so, so good. I mean, Brandon, he's so excited. He's so thankful. We got a lot of good stories out of him. And, I mean, he is just, he's fun to talk to. And I think he, that was a blast. Yeah, there, there's definitely a passion. There's a passion in, in his heart for basketball. And there's a passion in his heart for kids. And, and I think, you know, he made the comment that I, I'm not here. I am here to be the basketball coach. But I'm also here to build kids build these boys into uh be stewards of the school stewards of the basketball court and stewards of how they go on to be better men in life and i think that's pretty pretty incredible that and i don't know if those philosophies are are far from what his dad had but i i would say the way that brandon has, has been brought up as a young man now into uh an adult and into a coach you don't get moral values by just picking those out of a cloud. I think that's something that uh, Coach Scott Sharp, as a father, uh, instituted into his son. And his son has just take those morals and said, we believe in it. Uh, he has a strong faith in 
himself. He has a strong faith in God, and he has a strong faith in what these teams could do. And you know, I, I'm 100% on board with that. And as you, as we said in the interview, you know, he he has our support 100% from the media side, and we enjoyed every bit of it. And I'm pumped. I, I can't yeah, wait yeah. to see. I'm sitting there like, man, we're still like six months away. Yeah, I can't wait to see what the the fall, end of the fall. I, I love football, and I, I'm gonna, I'm really excited about the when we sit down with Brian Souser and talk about it. But the, the Grinnell system is starting to build itself back that I think that the people in the community are going to start, and maybe they never lost it. But they're going to start talking about every sport as being a sport they're excited to be around. Mm-hmm. Not just say that, oh, football, I love football. But I, I think everyone is going to start to talk about every sport. I mean, we, we have so many good things going on in the school, whether it be sports or whether it be fine arts or, or any of the activities are out there. I think it's all great. But the level is going to be coming back. And, and we, you know, that... 15 minutes that we had off the mic with Brandon, he, he definitely expressed his passion even more and more yeah. about what he wants to do with these kids and, 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 and making himself known as Coach Brandon Sharp. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can understand where he's coming from, that you're the son of former head coach Scott Sharp, but he's proud of his dad. He, right. he even told us that, yeah. you know, I, I'm excited if my dad wants to volunteer and sit on the bench beside me because there's so much knowledge there, but yet he wants it to be, this is the coach of Brandon Sharp Arrow. Right. And, and I think that at the age that he's at, I think he has a lot that he could build on. And what he shared with us, he is so passionate about it and, and could really make something big of it. We really enjoyed talking with him and uh, look forward to talking to him again. And uh, I guess the main motto that, the whole town needs to know about this basketball team is you just need to trust the process that's going to be going on and we look forward to seeing it grow exactly let's uh let's take after that great interview here let's take a a second and hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back hey there i'm joey polyi third generation owner of polyis and grinnell since 1957 we've been serving you the flavors you savor dine in carry out or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in our promise to you Everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. All right. Every time I hear that commercial, I'm just ready for more and more pizza. But, Blake, what do we got going on the rest of this week? All right, we're going to wrap this up pretty quickly here. The podcast is already running a little long, so we'll go through this. Luckily, it's just softball and baseball. Uh, Monday night, June 10th here, it is uh, boys baseball and softball or girls softball doubleheaders against Pella Christian. Those should be really good games, so head out to the ballpark tonight. Uh, Tuesday, June 11th, we have more baseball going on and softball. Uh, Grinnell is, or the boys varsity baseball team is going to be at home at Fowler Field against Sheridan. Uh, the Tiger Sports live stream, we will be there covering that game, so make sure to tune in on YouTube. The softball game that was supposed to be on May 28th against Oskaloosa is now going to happen tomorrow night, so the softball team heads to Oski to take on the Indians. On uh, Wednesday night, there is uh, baseball and softball going on at Indianola High School, so head out to Indianola and support the boys and girls. 
On Thursday, there is nothing going on, and on Friday, there is a two again a doubleheader night. Both boys and girls baseball and softball go to Norwalk to take on the Warriors, and then softball heads to South Tama on Saturday, the fifteenth, uh, to go take on East Marshall, Marshalltown, and South Tama in sort of a sort of invitational tournament thing. So, a busy weekend of baseball and softball. And uh, keep an update uh, with us on Twitter, uh, both the boys and girls, uh, softball and baseball. Uh, Twitter accounts are really good to follow. Chris Kaufman, Grinnell Activities, uh, also really good to follow. And uh, stay updated and head out to the ballpark. The new stands are, the rental stands are in place, so you might not have to bring your lawn chair. Um, it's nice out. It's not too hot. Make sure to bring your bug spray and... Uh, if you do all that, it should be a really good week, and we got a fun week of sports going, and both these teams are starting to hit their uh, high gear in the season here as we're getting into the summer. So, Yep, so next week is a big week for mm -hmm. Tiger Sports Livestream Network. Three games. Three games next week. Monday against uh, Boys Pella. That's mm -hmm. a doubleheader? Uh, it might yeah. be. I'd have to look. Yep, I think that's a doubleheader. Wednesday night, Oskaloosa, the doubleheader on the 19th and the 21st. Uh, that would be our first softball game. That's versus Newton. Newton. So three three big games. You could tune in and listen to us, and we'll we'll update that a little bit more on our podcast for the following week. Again, those those that are tuning in, as Blake said, you always catch us at Twitter at Tigers Live underscore. Uh, you can also catch us at our Facebook page, which is at Tigers S L S N. And then, obviously, if, you could, if you're not listening to this on the website, you can also go to the webpage at, at our www.tigersslsn.com. Uh, and then that's also like the live, live stream. You can watch the ball games right from there. Plus, we also post it out on our YouTube uh, channel that you can see there. All games are archived. Mm -hmm. So if, if you miss a game and you can't find it, go to our website, choose baseball or softball, and you'll be able to pull it up there. Again, it's only off our schedule that we're doing. And, uh, hey, this is a great week. Great yeah, podcast. Good podcast today. Look uh, forward to the future coming up here. Get the feedback in. If you have anything, just hit us up, uh, contact us and everything else, and we'd be glad to listen. So, uh, once again, uh, I'm Blake Walker, Dan Walker. Thank you for listening to podcast number eight of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast. Have a good rest of your week, and we will see you next week. Yeah. Jumper blocked. Nice job defensively by Eli. Up court to Jaden. Gibson fires across court. Back to Eli. Goes up strong for two, and he got the layup to go. Well done on both ends of the court by Eli.